0: john you ready i am off we go so first mate john what's new thank you for having me well i always well, i don't want to say i always have you but you're always welcome uh you're always here what's new that, yes. that is an interesting question i
1: think we'll have to have a guest on to talk about that well i could always also pose it to you this way okay
0: what's happening what's happening now Well, if you recall, very early on in the lifespan of this podcast, we did an episode called What's Happening Now. Right. A clear reference to the What's Happening spinoff show from the 70s. But um, it was part and parcel to why we even started this podcast in the first place, which is we love Yacht Rock. We wanted to explore finding as much, quote unquote, new Yacht Rock as we could. And at the time, we meant old stuff that we just never knew was out there. Yeah, new to us. New to us, right. And then there was the fateful day that either you, I think it was you, or somebody t- turned us on to Steakhouse. Yeah, that was
1: uh, Inside Music Cast turned me on, and then I turned you on to it. Yep. Yeah, and
0: I listened to House. I'm like, whoa, this isn't, this isn't close to yacht. This is yacht. I mean, right? this is modern day, like Steely Dan or something. And then we started to discover more and more yacht, type of uh, imitative artists or specifically artists that are doing that type of thing. So things like uh, Young Gun Silver Fox came to mind. Um, and we were just totally fired up that this was being revived now. And we didn't even realize it was sort of under our noses and we never knew it was there. But we, I still feel we know very little about it. At least me personally, you know, we I'm do kind of. I look back more than I look ahead, so I'm going to be guilty of that. But when we realized that this thing was sort of being revived by modern day artists, it gave us more, I think, impetus to start this podcast to say, "All right, well, if this is happening, what else is out there?" And that's why we did the sort of "What's Happening Now" episode.
1: So, without further ado, I say uh, we bring him on.
0: All right. Well, I think we do have a subject matter expert on what's happening now, what's new, and that is none other than our guest today, and that is Eric Maddox of New Coast Breeze, or West Coast Breeze, and we're going to have him on to uh, explain what both of those things are. Eric, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me, John and
0: Tom. Absolutely. Um, I'm so glad uh, that our paths crossed eventually. It took us almost a year into our lifespan as a podcast, but um, we know that you do a show also on Yacht Rock Miami called New Coast Breeze. Is that right? Correct. Every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Well, explain to our listeners, and we'll get into exactly what it is that motivates you and, and what you do, but what, at a high level, what is the West Coast Breeze and, and New Coast, and how did all of this start?
2: Well, I started uh, a show called The Uncola on a local channel here called Asheville FM, which was becoming a radio station. We had applied for a license, but we were internet only. That was in 2009. And on the Uncola, I play Forgotten Pop from the last 50 years, and I had different special features, and one of them was a West Coast breeze, where I would play a song from the West Coast genre. That evolved into an annual show, and then eventually it evolved into its own one-hour show in 2015. I did it for over three years. And I stepped away from it only because we had so many more volunteers that wanted to do shows and I wanted to just focus on the Uncola. But I kept it going through podcasts every once in a while. And where West Coast comes from is that's the term that people outside of the U.S. call the music from the mid-70s to mid-80s that a lot of people will refer to like the L.A. sound Um, Boss Gag, Steely, Toto, and they have an immense appreciation for this music and uh, way beyond uh, the U.S. term Yacht Rock and those guys making the Yacht Rock videos. They've had this kind of as a genre to themselves in many countries around the world. And I stumbled upon this and I can talk a little more about that and how I did that. Uh, and so I wanted to honor it because I felt like when I was doing the show in 2009, you couldn't hear any of that any place, and still, these bands were still kind of maligned in a way, and I yeah. wanted to give them a voice and kind of find it was another genre of obscure music that I could bring to light. And so when you did, I'm
0: sorry to interrupt, but when you did in 2009, you were doing the West Coast thing, that was the old school West Coast, the 75 to 85-ish type of stuff, not new stuff, correct?
2: Correct, but when... In discovering all the old stuff, I was connected to all the new stuff, and so I kind of stumbled upon of a, a group of artists that had recorded albums or were recording albums that had definitely were fully influenced by that sound. And I was just kind of blown away that there were people that had such a high respect for this music—the the production, the performances, the craftsmanship—and Uh, So I was able to kind of do both and uh, show audiences that this music still exists and I created that term New Coast kind of as like a throwaway thing to kind of explain this is a newer version of West Coast music. I think that term sums it up perfectly, too. I love that, especially because it's NU. So now
1: that's even more than just plain old new. But were were you like us that, um, you know, kind of grew up hearing this stuff and then it kind of went off your radar for a period of time, like through once I got into the later 80s, 90s, 2000s, this stuff was kind of off my radar and really kind of got back to it recently. Or have you kind of followed this stuff like, through that whole period, through the 90s, you were following and finding artists that were doing it then, or is this sort of a rediscovery thing for you like it is for us?
2: I would say both. I had this thought in my head when I was listening to something like Simone by Boscax from Middleman. chord structures, the way it sounds, the performances, and I thought, surely other people did this, or at least tried. Are you telling me there are no other bands that tried to do what Steely Dan did? I find that hard to believe, even though they did it at such an incredibly high level. Someone had to have tried to do that somewhere. And what I found out was uh, uh, it took a while, but in the 2000s when... Technology kind of allowed people to upload music and share it with folks. And I'm I'm going beyond Napster. I'm talking about like MySpace, for example. Mm-hmm. That was a great place to discover music, and I discovered a lot of new music there. And that was a place where I discovered a band like, like Nightshift, which was a duo, uh, Gail Benjamin and Jerome Beret that created an album. And I'm like, this is completely out of place they recorded this in 2007 i discovered it in 2008 i'm like why does nobody know this this sounds like an old west coast album what even made them want to do this take on your bags and come with us release your mind and catch your impulse don't be afraid of where we take you away you won't get a second chance Started searching and found more bands Norwegian Fords put out an album in 2008 My gosh Again sounds like a lost album But not like we're Copying the sound but we're so Heavily influenced by the sound We want to do our version And our homage And add what we have Locally which is what I think makes Nuco so special Is they're not trying to sound Like they were recording this In a LA studio they were influenced by that sound. And then, uh, so they live in Norway, for example, and they're putting their own spin on it because they don't have palm trees and sunny beaches, hmm. you know? So I, I think it's that's why it's such a great spin on, on this genre and it's why it's so appealing to me. State cows, when they came out, Another great band, uh, Smooth Reunion, put out an album in 2008. There were a lot of bands that were coming over to L.A., learning the craft, going back to their own countries, and then recording these incredible albums. And when technology has caught up to the point where you can record uh, a lot better, higher recording without having to spend as much money, then you can do great stuff. But unfortunately, it's hard to get the distribution, and they can't tour Because it's expensive. So how else are you going to get this music out? Well, I thought I could be one of those conduits to help them uh, explore the avenues here in the U.S. because no one in the U.S. even knew they existed.
0: And I think that's starting... To change, hopefully. I mean, we had the State Cows on very early. Uh we were fortunate enough to have them as one of our early guests. And a couple things that you just said that I want to expand upon. One is um for whatever reason, we kind of picked their brain on it. It's really popular, as you say, overseas and other countries and there's certain pockets like Japan, France, uh, I think Spain. But for whatever reason, the Scandinavian region really takes to this sort of sound. And you touched on maybe some of the reasons why um but there's i don't i wonder if you see this cuz John and I have talked about this there's almost like two wings there's the the wing that is what you described in terms of we want to pay homage to the era we want to like borrow some of the best things about west coast from back in the day but some bands still try to create a modern sensibility about the recording quality um, and I think that about like Young Gun, Silver Fox. And then there's other bands that seem like they want to sound like it was recorded in 1982 or 1980. Um, and I think State Cows does some of that. So um, are you seeing both of those things? And what I love about it, and to get your feedback on it, is that I think it opens the door for younger artists to embrace the past and still feel relevant for the younger audiences of today.
2: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I think that... Um... You know, history, when you when you look back in music, now you can be selective. Obviously, these people grew up with some of this stuff. And you can pick and choose what works and what doesn't work. You can leave uh, the stuff that you didn't like and emphasize the, the points that maybe um, are a lot stronger and resonate more with you. I think Scandinavia, one of the reasons why they're still so strong in New Coast is because they had a lot of artists... Uh, during the 70s and 80s, that were doing that music. Uh, Eden Adal, uh, Lava is another one. These are b- bands that, so so you have uh, artists in your own country that you can look up to that already did this style of music. It wasn't just, you know, copying some of these other bands. I think there's also, uh, I think it really helped uh, a lot of artists when Steely Dan came back and recorded to Against Nature and had this really welcome appreciation from critics, from awards, ceremonies, uh, just success that they could be away for 20 years and be highly regarded. I think that was very influential in a lot of artists going, okay, we can follow down that path too. Even if we're not copying them, we can kind of go down, at least explore those genres. And then, of course, the Yacht Rock podcast and even, uh, you know, your podcast is another great example and just the way that yacht rock has become a term i think has opened the door for a lot of people to not call it a guilty pleasure anymore and actually fully enjoy it and i think that openness has kind of opened the doors for a lot of artists to go hey okay well maybe i'll do some of that too and you're starting to see that a lot more you're starting to see a lot more us artists incorporate that into their into their music as kind of like an experiment or just kind of just having some fun. You know, we, um, when we talk about, uh, kind of
1: trying to judge songs, whether they're yachty or naughty. And, um, one of the things that we see that happens is that as we get into the mid eighties, the, um, the sounds that were in vogue that created the yacht rock sound became very out of vogue. You know, the, uh, the advent of digital synthesizers like a DX7 and very bright, transient drum machines as opposed to the warm, earlier sounds of drums and gated reverbs and all these things. So all of the, the textural things that made up the sound of Yacht Rock kind of became out of vogue, and they stayed out of vogue for a very long time. And I notice when you're talking about some of these discoveries, most of the dates that you're giving, you're saying, oh, 2008, 2007, 2014. So at some point, it became cool to sort of bring this stuff back. And even 2005, I believe, is when the Yacht Rock uh, web series was made in the first place. Um, I I have my own sort of personal theory, but I wanted to pick your brain of why do you... Do you have a theory as to why it has come back sonically? It's not just a case of... Yacht Rock podcasts like us or old guys talking about it, because we're seeing these younger artists, these newer artists. We're even seeing people like Bruno Mars and John Mayer doing this kind of stuff now. So it's, it's not just about old people keeping the fire. Somehow it's become in vogue again. And do you have any thoughts
2: on why that might be? i got a couple of theories. Um, I'll float one out there. One was, uh, if you think about Christmas 1980, you could have purchased Steely Ann's Gaucho, Eagles Live, um, Doobie Brothers, One Step Closer, or Boz Gags Hits. They were all gone. All those artists were gone, stopped making music. Or Doobies, at least Michael, never really joined the Doobies again. Then, in the mid-90s, Steely Dan gets back together and starts touring. Fleetwood Mac gets this coronation from Bill Clinton. They decide to get back together. All of a sudden, they have a number one album, a live album. Mm-hmm. Eagles... Hellfreeze freezes over. They go back out on tour. So so you had a generation that all of a sudden could go and see these bands live that might not even have grown up with them but could experience them differently. To the point now where in the 2020s you have another generation who may be discovering music that was their parents but now they're in their 30s and they can it's a little bit more of Maybe nostalgia or they can appreciate it more. They're not rebelling against it as much. I mean, that's kind of why I think maybe Steely Dan um, is so well regarded right now. And I think that when you go again, you go back, we had that big cycle of techno music technology. It's come full circle now and people can do whatever they want, record however they want, wherever they want, any style they want. It's OK to jump styles now. I mean, Bruno Mars can do whatever he wants. People will go and buy it. Uh, and so I think that, for example, John Mayer can go and put out a Yacht Rock album because Yacht Rock exists. You say Yacht Rock and people know exactly what it is. Yeah. And there's, there are people that have not grown up with any of that original stigma of it's not cool, it's lame, you know, growing up with Rolling Stone just, you know, lambasting Toto for years. They can just they can just come to the music and appreciate it. I mean, I can't tell you how many weddings I DJ'd where I've played Africa. I don't understand it on one level, on another level, I'm like they're coming to this without any baggage whatsoever and they're going, I like this song, I want to enjoy it. And I think with a lot of music and with this giant music history that we have, you can you know, people can do that now and you can get music at your fingertips. You don't have to dig to find this stuff, um, and even still, one of the reasons why I do my show is because there's a ton of stuff out there, and I want to corral it all together so that people can, you know, hear it as a as a total thing, and then let them go for it, and then go out and find all the different offshoots from it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: Yeah, you mentioned um, you know, music being at your fingertips. I think that's a big part of the reason, too, is you know, it wasn't that long ago. It's almost hard to imagine, but it wasn't that long ago that there were these gatekeepers between us and artists, and those were record labels and radio stations, and it wasn't until I think Spotify and Apple Music and things that totally democratized our access to anything. Like right now, for a monthly fee, I can literally, well, just about literally, access anything in the world that I want. Um, which I couldn't do before. I had to have it spoon-fed to me by a radio station or a record label. Um, And now I feel like I'm much more in control of listening to what I want to listen to, and I think that just opens, as you said, kind of access to all of this great music. And then, John, back to you real quick because you could probably add a flavor to this. Don't you think there's, like, this convenient confluence of the sounds that, like, Modern artists are using to record because you mentioned, you know, the things that became out of vogue and, you know, in the 80s, the sounds like we discussed snare drums are really big and harsh. Guitars are really loud. Vocals are super, you know, processed and produced. And now if I listen to the stuff that my kids are listening to in the other room, the drum sounds sound warmer. Like, everything's not overly in your face. It's not harsh. And so now there's, like, this confluence between what I used to like in the 70s and 80s into what kids like in 2020, and I think that opens the door for new coast, new artists to do this sort of thing. I'm not sure what the question was there. I know you, um, but... Only that I need an expert to validate what I've just said, because I'm just speaking from a layman's uh,
2: perspective. I, I I'll, let me just jump in and, and I say... Um, I don't like a lot of Spotify's practices, but they changed the game. And why they changed the game is because Apple Music was doing it for a while, but they could not get the catalog. Spotify got the catalog, and they got everything. Um, and I can find just about anything on there. I don't go to Spotify generally. I go to YouTube, and they actually have a lot more that you can get. I don't know what their licensing deals are, but uh, I would I would fully, fully agree with that. And I think that now that... W- and now that uh, technology and recording kind of touched everything, we've done just about everything. Now it's just about appealing to a new generation. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to get John's perspective on is somebody who knows and
0: can produce anything. Um, do you see that there is this matchup between what sounds good now to what sounded good back then? And we've like Eric was saying, we're sort of full circle. We've already explored the, the extreme reaches of how loud stuff can get and how produced stuff can get. And now we're back to, well, let's just create something that sounds really good, has a great hook and has performed really well. I, uh, I
1: do hear that. I do hear like that the drum sounds and stuff have gotten warmer and fatter and uh, it, You know, it's um, drier mixes, maybe, you you know, more clarity. Um, I'm not sure that I agree with all of that in the sense that partly because I've spent so many years behind the curtain, seen behind the curtain, so to speak, is that um, I know and can hear the tricks and things that are being used right now. And um, I know it's not the same process as, say, what they did in the 70s when they were recording Steely Dan and, you know, some of these great engineers like Bill Schnee and uh, Al Schmidt and stuff were miking up drum kits and coming up with these amazing sounds. I know how much easier it is to do now. I know that, you know, the days of the Beach Boys having six guys around one microphone locking in their harmonies is something that they do one at a time now fix and even change notes. And, you know, so it's. It, it, unfortunately it's almost like the whole green screen effect uh, and CG of movies is that when you see somebody jumping off a bridge and landing on a boat and you know going down a river like James Bond used to do, you see that now and you're like, eh, so, so what, you know? Um, back then they had to do it. They, your, back then they important. had to do it. And that, that, that's the point. So I get a little bit of ho-hum in that regard. And I know that that's partly because I've, you know, like I said, been on the other side. And the Spotify thing, I would quickly add, um, because that's that's another maybe argument for another day. But I think the downside of some of that stuff also plays a role. And I think that the disposability of it, the ability to just click next whenever you feel like it has, has hurt music quality. I would also say that as a user, standing in front of, quote, the jukebox, that being Spotify, and having that. Unlimited number, I think, often causes paralysis, and I don't think that it's the same as owning a collection and going through and saying, what do I have and what would I like to listen to? I mean, those are it's just a different way of consuming the music, and I'm not sure that it's made it better, even though I do use Spotify, as you know.
0: Well, follow-up question, who do you want to get off your lawn? Is it me or Eric? Both of you. (laughs) <laughs> solo project no, yeah everything you said is exactly spot on because i had the spotify paralysis just the other day it's like i could listen to anything and it's like what do i feel like i don't know but the, the charm of some going over to somebody's house and seeing their record collection or going to a bar and seeing their specific jukebox when you know like somebody had to curate that it, it, there was an artistic element to how they curated it that was something special but again get off my lawn let's move along um Eric, so you created a playlist that you shared with us and we will link to in the show notes for this episode. And these are 30 New Coast artists. I don't know if you're going so far as to certify these artists as New Coast, but you, you picked a handful, or well, thirties, more than a handful, that's like six handfuls, of artists that are doing this well, doing it today. And I wanted to pick your brain on some of the highlights of this because I've been listening to it. But before we get to that, Because most of this stuff, I think you mentioned Norwegian uh, Fords, and I think there's a night shift song in there. I think most of these stuff, or most of these songs rather, are from sort of post 2000. But can we go back to what was happening in the 90s? And can you explain to us what was your first discovery? It was it night shift, or uh, was it something else that you said? Wait a minute, this is still happening in the 90s. I mean, it's so long, which is only 10 years removed from when it actually happened.
2: The the. Night Shift was my first discovery, but there was an artist named Samuel Purdy. And it was two guys from England, uh, Barney Hurley and Gavin Dodds. And they put out a single in 1997 called Lucky Lucky Radio. Didn't do much, but it went top five in Japan. And it got them the ability to record a full album called musically adrift, which they released in 1999. Now they both came from an acid jazz background and they both even toured with Jamiroquai, but that's where the comparison stopped, even though they were promoted as the new Jamiroquai, because nobody knew what to do with this. You listen to this album you're like, this is an album that is out of time. Uh, or out of place in time. Uh, Mm -hmm. it, it shouldn't exist in 1999, but it did. And it was never going to get traction in 1999, but has become so influential to the new coast movement. And so many people refer back to it. I mean, there is a lot of West coast artists and new coast artists that have listened to this album and have given, uh, just tons of praise to it. In fact, uh, doing uh, trying to stay with the keep the fire theme i had to find this quote from richard page who says Mm. in response to this album nice to hear someone's keeping the old flame burning wow
0: little did he know he was so
2: close to the mark with that comment that's cool
0: wow so we'll have to check that one out um obviously available on spotify
2: right I, i believe i believe so Um, it's also, it got re-released in the, it got re-released, um, on CD and LP about three or four years ago too. So this
0: sparked a a passion in you, a a fire, if you will, in you to kind of keep the fire and you've created a radio show and you're still do it to this day. And, um, let's talk more about closer to present time, which is this playlist and this radio show that you do. Um, we have been lucky enough, John and I, to discover artists, as we mentioned, like Young Gun Silver Fox, State Cows, and there's you know, probably maybe 10 or 12 on my radar. Um, but for the people who want to go beyond that and discover new artists, can you sh- can we talk a little bit about who are some of the artists that you think are absolutely killing it that people just don't know about and they need to go and discover from a New Coast perspective?
2: Before I do that, I just want to add that, in 2015, late 2015, when Young Gun Silver Fox put out West End Coast, that absolutely blew me away, and that to me is the penultimate New Coast album. I mean, it was—it's just—and they've done two more since that are very solid. But that to me, if I had to say what is the best New Coast album that has been recorded, that's the one I would tell people to go listen to, and you'll understand everything from that. But I think uh, one artist that comes to mind is Benny sings who I believe is from the Netherlands and he kind of started out maybe doing some dance pop, but he's progressed more and more into new coast and he has an album out this year called music. But a couple of years ago, he put out an album called city pop, which is a tribute to uh, Japanese West coast um, in a sense. And it's just phenomenal. Uh, highly recommend that. I would also highly recommend uh, a Canadian band called monkey house, who um, is led by uh, Don Breithaupt, I believe is how his last name is. He's. Uh, I I found out that he had a band after I read uh, a couple books that he wrote um, about '70s pop music and his band. Again, that would be the closest I would say a band has come to sounding like Steely Dan. <laughs> fact i believe they they poached some steely Dan players on some of their albums but again Mm -hmm. another great another great band um donnie benet who i just realized is probably not on that top 30 list but he's he's from australia and another one that's just creating uh great music and and if you watch his videos and you kind of watch him it's hard to know if he's taking this seriously or not it's just fun but it sounds it sounds great and the guy's an incredibly talented musician and then i'm i'm doing this completely on my own i heard about page 99 before i heard about your podcast because you put out some singles that page 99 exists and August red exists. which I think are two really great additions to the New Coast uh, genre. You guys should be really proud of that that not only are you doing this podcast but you're you are. Walking the walk with, with creating great music uh, and oh. adding something to that, and uh, I know a lot of other people agree with that because I see that on the message boards. I think Christian Thank Gratz you. is a yeah. is, is probably a, a friend of yours at this point too, right? Yeah, we did
1: a track together. <laughs> We had, had, uh, when when my album, Page 99, came out, it was like either a week after or a week before. Either way, it was a week uh, apart from uh, Martin and Garp. Are you very familiar with their 2021 album? Yeah, Sentimental Fools. So that was one I wanted to point out.
0: I see you standing in the distance With that look upon your face Sentimental fools, are they trying to get in the Trojan horse? Oh, yeah, oh,
2: yeah, for sure. I'll just briefly add a couple more quick ones. Ed Moda from Brazil, phenomenal, very close. He has a great Steely Dan sound, very jazzy, great voice. Um, Zervis and Pepper, which are a duo that sound like they come from the Crosby, Stills, and Nash point of view. Uh, Mondu from France is awesome and super db from england talented talented musicians i i wish that everybody would hear their music and i hope it they just put out a new album called Akutsa, and i hope that everybody gets a chance to listen to that it's just i was wondering how you said that <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i was just going to quickly add, add a couple that um that hit me uh real quick so i mentioned the martin and uh uh, GARP, And then you have some Carrie Buchanan on there. That one I discovered uh, recently, and I also recently discovered Super DB. I'm glad I didn't have to pronounce the album title. Um, we had um, featured Victor Jakob Jadson's, um A Little Denial a while back. Great song. Daniel Anderson, which is, of course, half of State Cows. He has a song called Glamorous Hollywood that I can't get enough of. Um, and then, of course, you know, one of the old mainstays, you know, Joe Williams, a lead singer of... Uh, Toto, you know his denizen tenant uh, has a couple tracks on there that are pretty sort of west coasty. I mean, the, the Luke Ether record that came out about the same time is a lot harder hitting. But Joe's got a few uh, nice nuggets on there, and that one's worth checking into as well.
0: The thing that struck me about your thirty, your top thirty playlist, well, two things. One is um, who do I gotta uh, commit payola to to get August Red on this list? <laughs> Um, no, no, uh, really the thing that stuck out at me too, is a specific artist, which I'll save for a second, but this represents both like a validation that this is huge. This is 30 artists that are doing this now. And it's only the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more out there that I, you know, we need to listen to your show every Thursday because I'm sure you're discovering new stuff every day as we are. There's a lot. So to our despair a year ago, where we're like, "Oh, we can't discover any new yacht rock because it's all forty years old." That's not true
2: at all. No, no, it's it's not. And and just I, I've been I've been discovering West Coast. I still discover West Coast. I'm just absolutely amazed at some that it just it just it feels like a well that just has no end to it. And so now that I'm doing the new coast uh, stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got I got a year's worth of stuff easily just right now, maybe even longer without me looking for anything. And uh, and and it's fun. And I, yeah. I just love turning people on to new stuff. And, you know, these artists, they, it's expensive recording. You guys know and you want to make some of your money back. That's part of it. And the other part is you want people to enjoy what you created as an art. And so. Whatever I can do to facilitate that, I'm, I'm here for that.
0: Yeah, and I think people will really enjoy not only this playlist, but then discovering all these new artists and really digging deep into their catalog. Sunray is one that I just yeah. fell in love with. So um, but I wanted to ask you about a specific song that you added as an addendum because um, you forgot to put it on the list. And that was Thundercat. Talk to us about Thundercat and who they got on this record, which is the princes,
2: of, the kings of yacht Rock. Oh, Thundercat. I love Thundercat. I mean, that guy has he's he's a talented, talented, talented guy. Um, I had tickets to go see him before before the shutdown here in Asheville. I'm bummed. But um he does lots of different genres of music. He kinda goes all over the place and he decided to create a straight up yacht rock jam called Show You the Way with and he recruited Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald, who he introduces on the record, like ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Loggins (laughs) and Kenny sings and Michael sings. And, and it's like, oh my God. I mean, he, he nailed, he nailed the vibe. And then it's such a, a sweet and tender song on top of it. It's such a really good song on top of it. And I think in, I, I, I've, I've seen interviews with Kenny Loggins where he doesn't un- quite—he's not fully committed to the fact that everyone thinks Yacht Rock is serious. He kind of still thinks that maybe people think of him as a joke, which is kind of sad.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
2: after this single, I think people didn't go ha ha ha—that's so funny. People were like, man, that's awesome. And he Thundercat basically took these two artists and put them into and put them in the song and threw them out there to a completely different audience. And again, that's another way of getting the genre out there and expanding and increasing its um, appreciation.
1: Yeah, If anything, it, it feels, I don't know if it's because we're looking for it more, but if anything, it feels like these uh, New Coast, Modern Yacht, you, whatever label you want to use, the, 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 the people that are doing it, it only seems to be accelerating right now. And I'm, maybe it's because we're looking for it, but it just seems like there's more happening faster. So it's growing, in my opinion.
2: I agree with that. I, the the one big difference is nobody here is on a record company schedule. So you can just keep, you can put out as many albums as you want and you can put them out whenever you want. I got my album is done. Boom. I'm putting it out and that, that helps. And that increases the music, the way it can get out there and the, the way that people can take it in. Uh, there's just so many avenues and just so many ways you can do that. So why sit on it? You know, think about albums that got, you know, that took forever to get done or people sat on them or anything like that. doesn't have to happen anymore.
0: Yeah, and the only thing I was going to add is that, uh, likewise, this is completely anecdotal and just a gut feel like you said, John, but it seems like the artists from yesteryear that were what we call the yacht rock artists are starting to take notice that this is really catching on and they are coming back out and saying, yeah, I'm having a moment again. So I just saw on, um, on Twitter uh, – Peter Beckett's organizing a Yacht Rock All Stars tour with Ambrosia. Uh, We had Tristan Bowden last week uh, and the week prior. He's got a Yacht Rock All Star band going. Um, And I think hopefully they will discover that this is no joke. I mean, this is the serious deal. And they've got not only are they resurrecting their old audience, but a whole new audience is coming aboard as well. And it seems like all the artists from that era also
1: are writing books now too, whether it's the engineers or the artists themselves, you know, a lot of this is, uh, this is the the period in their life where they are, uh, they are, I guess, thinking about legacy, thinking about what they want to leave behind. And um, it's really cool. A lot of
0: information out there. It's great. Well, this has been great, Eric. We appreciate it. Um, We need to educate ourselves and our listeners more about new coast. So, Tell us again, where's the best way to find you, get educated on New Coast? Uh, give us a website and tell us when your show's on, on the air.
2: Uh, you can listen to The New Coast Breeze on Yacht Rock Miami every Thursday at 9 p.m. Uh, we have a website called thewestcoastbreeze.com, which I post the uh, playlist and archives, and you can see the other stuff from when I did The West Coast Breeze on Asheville FM. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, The West Coast Breeze, and Insta on The New Coast Breeze. And um, also, if you're interested, go to Asheville FM. We have a lot of great shows there you can listen to online. And that's where I do the Uncola every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Cool. And I
0: meant to ask you earlier, are you familiar with the website uh, westcoast.dk? Yes. So that is another discovery that John actually, I think, turned me on to, that there's a whole website uh, in Denmark that's dedicated to love of this music, particularly Mark. Jordan or wasn't it uh yeah that was what I went searching for
1: information about Mark Jordan's Blue Desert and that's sort of the nickname of this website and it brought me there
2: yeah so it's happening yeah they've been around for a while that website another website I will tell you about is um it's called the West Coast Bible but you would find it I think is um, I'm gonna butcher the French but La Bible de la West Coast and they list tons and tons of albums. I mean, you will never, you will never get tired of listening to. You will never stop finding new music. Um, I, I believe it, it originally was a blog called Cool Night that uh, Bruno Fabregas started, and it's been around for a long time, and it's and it's updated almost daily. For like the last 10 years.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll check that out as well. It's an international phenomenon. Appreciate it, Eric, from West Coast Breeze and New Coast, Eric Maddox. And uh, we'll be seeing you around the internet and around the Yacht Rock circles and around the Seven Seas. Well, you know what that means there, John. Yes. It's time for the lightning round. Okay, kick it. All right. Well, that was a cool conversation. I love discovering new stuff. And I you know, I knew that there was new stuff out there. I knew I had kind of discovered some of it, but not all of it. But, man, the more you peel back the onions, the more you just... There's more and more layers of this thing. I know. And I always love the opportunity to be able to tell people to get off my lawn. So, <laughs> Well, you did that <laughs> in spades. So very good. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, do you want to tell me to get off your boat and float a uh, yacht or not? Okay. I, Does I, it I, float my boat? I guess that's an
1: invitation for me to go first. So yes, it is. this one, somebody floated in the, um, the yacht rock group, the big one that we're in. And uh, I had to give it a listen. And, um, based on the raves, I, um, I guess I expected something a little bit different than what I heard. So I kind of wanted to get your opinion on this one. So, uh, you may have to dial up your, uh, Spotify and give this one a quick listen, but are All you right. familiar with, uh, Kenny Rogers, a song called you're my love. It was produced by Jay Graydon and supposedly written by Prince.
0: Wait, 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 wait hold on. Uh, what? Wait. Just, you said three names that don't belong in the same sentence. Okay, I'll say one more time. <laughs> Kenny Rogers doing You're My Love,
1: produced by Jay Graydon, written by Prince. Go.
0: It's the ultimate, I think that's a buried treasure. Maybe. That is amazing. Maybe. So you, Prince wrote that? Yeah, apparently
1: under a pseudonym. Now, on Spotify, it says Prince, but I don't know what the original quote was. Somebody said it was written by Prince under a pseudonym. So that, that needed citation, but uh, it did say Prince on Spotify credits. How do we keep finding Yachty Kenny Rogers? And then the, each one is more Yachtier than the last. So I'm taking, you, you consider that uh, a Yachty uh, gem. That floats my boat, okay. for sure. But how about you? It's a little late 80s sounding for me. It's uh, First of all, I don't hear any Prince um, sensibility in it, but that could be because Kenny's singing it. But it is 1986. Lots of reverb, lots of DX7. Uh, it sounds like late 80s Jay Graydon production to me, but um, that puts it outside of yachtiness for me, despite the uh, Jay Graydon influence. A little more like the who's holding Donna now um, kind of thing. It was like, uh, it's kind of close, but man... As I referenced earlier in the episode, those big reverbs and DX7 digital synths are killer for the Yacht Rock sound. It just destroys it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that in part. Um, I mean, I agree with that totally. You're just so happy to have heard Kenny Rogers doing a Prince song. Which he in producing. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's. I mean, I'm just flabbergasted, so yeah. it's maybe I'm feeling too uh, little, little giddy. little deer in the
1: headlights, maybe.
0: Yeah, exactly. i got to go back and listen to that whole tune now. Right. All right. Woo. What do you got? All right. Well, I got something. You you had a a Gino Vanelli tune Mm -hmm. um, that you brought in as a buried treasure, I believe. And then I'm online, and listener Derek is bringing more Gino Vanelli out. And I've had this song sitting in my buried treasures, which I don't know if it's a buried treasure. So I'm going to ask you, does it float your boat? Okay. Because it's kind of ballady again, kind of like that song. It's not entirely buried, but it's only buried from the mainstream Sirius XM Yacht Rock perspective. And that is... Does this song float your boat? Not do you like it, because I know you like it. Does it float your boat from a yachty perspective? Gino Vanelli, Living Inside Myself.
1: Very forgiving when it comes to Gino's stuff, and it, he, he can be overly dramatic, and it can be kind of um, the big bombastic ballad, which that kind of is, mm-hmm. um, in sort of in the vein of like an All By Myself by Eric Carmen. But I would say, um, especially that album, the Nightwalker album, is very uh, Yachty sounding from a recording perspective. It's probably his best fidelity record of that era. Um, so I'm gonna say for me, I like it in my list. Yes, it floats my proverbial boat.
0: Yep, me too. I just don't know why that song can't get more play on like a thing like Sirius. It's just, I agree. Yeah, one degree removed from the one that they always play, but anyway, it it really, if that, maybe even half a degree, you're right, exactly. So, all right, uh, I'm for my, um, Buried treasure. I'm sticking close to New Coast here. I, okay. I just have to unearth because we already talked about, but that Thundercat tune. It's got to go on our playlist. It's got Kenny and Michael. Yeah. So hit that for a little more of a, a buried treasure from Thundercat. New Coast, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Michael
1: To add to that, right? I
0: mean <laughs> I, how did he get those cats? It's it's awesome. Well, he is Thundercat. He that's is why. yes, he is highly regarded. Yep. Cool. And did you know he was the bass player for suicidal tendencies? No, I did not know that.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Talk about a range. All right. What do you got for Buried Treasure? Well, I went back to the Boz Skaggs. Well, um, for some reason, I was of the impression that the down two then left album actually came before. Silk Degrees. I didn't realize that it sat between Silk Degrees and Middleman. So that made me hit, say, well, I gotta go back and listen to that again, um, because I had uh, recently posted um, Steve Lukather's solo for A Clue online, and so I went back and gave that a spin, and the, the song that really caught my attention was a song called Hollywood. <laughs> That was written by um, Skaggs and uh, Michael O'Mardian, and of course, that's Jeff Percaro, Ray Parker Jr., Victor Feldman, Jake Graydon, Michael O'Mardian on it. I mean, it, it's a loaded tune. You know, it may be a little too Motowny in a way. He likes those Motown strings, and that's kind of my knock on the Silk Degrees album in terms of being yachty. It feels more Motown influenced. Yeah, but but Hollywood, it's in the name. It's
0: got to go in. I just heard that song the other day too. I thought a lot of the same stuff. Cool. But in so, Boss kind of to me is on both sides of the Yachty line. Sometimes he is, sometimes he's not, yep. even in the same album. Right, right. That's a good one. All right. Are you going off the map? I am going to go
1: off the map and I'm going to go um, New Coast, at least modern, pretty modern. Okay. Yeah, at least 2004. So it's kind of getting closer. Hard to believe it's yeah. 16 years old. But are you familiar with it with uh, Jason Mraz? That's why his name was on my. Mind earlier. Did you know that Jason Mraz did a cover of Summer Breeze? What?
0: <laughs> alright, hit it. See the curtains hanging in the window in the
2: evening on a Friday night I A little light shining through the window lets me know that everything's alright Summer Breeze
1: From 2004, it was on the... um Do you remember the TV show Everwood? I never watched it, but I... Remember, yeah, I kind of yeah. do. It from the soundtrack. Yeah. Apparently, it was in that TV show.
0: Oh, my God. I like Jason Barass. Yeah. Let's just prove that he's got some taste. He does. Yep. All right. Well, that's a good find. That is on Spotify? That is. Off to go. I find it. All right. Off I go to find it. Nice. All right. Well, that leaves me, and I am going back to the New Coast playlist that we're looking to in the show notes, okay. because out of the 30 songs... That Eric included one of them just for whatever reason jumped off the playlist at me, and I wanted to include it as my off the map, and it is from an artist called Camera Soul, Camera Soul. Right. Do you remember them? Mm-hmm. And so this album is an album called Connections from 2017, and the song is called Help Yourself. <laughs> Give me a J.P. Morgan vibe, modern-day version, Yeah, is. Nice horn arrangements in that for
1: sure. Yep, jazzy. Yep, and the female
0: vocal. Mm-hmm. Yep, jazzy. So. Wow. So I, I think Eric's
1: done good work with that playlist, and he's doing... Uh, I wonder if he'll expand it. Maybe it'll be 40 artists, and
0: it'll include us. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll, I'd settle for 32, because that's true. all you would need. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, well... We've done another episode, and off we go into the wild blue yonder that is Yacht Rock. Anything you want to add before we sign off? Nope, you have to sign off this week. Okay. Uh, What do we say again? Do ahoy paloy.